Well, good morning again. My name is Rick Lyman. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Christ Church. I am so happy to see so many of you joining us in person in our sanctuary and extend a welcome to you as well as to our audience who is watching us for our online broadcast today. We are completing our nine-week series of sermons on the Apostles' Creed. I hope you've been able to benefit from many of those, if not all of them already. They're cataloged on our website. You can find them on demand for your convenience there if you've missed out on any of those. But today, we are focusing on the final two phrases of the Apostles' Creed, which simply says that we believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. And then a little word, amen. I'm going to invite you to pray with me now as we consider God's holy word together that his Holy Spirit would illuminate his words to us so that we can grasp them and that they will change us from the inside out and build a stronger hope in this very key doctrine. And also I invite you to pray for me as I deliver God's word today. I always ask for that, that the strength of the Holy Spirit might be given to me that I can deliver the word in a way that God will be honored by and you will be blessed by. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've made such amazing and marvelous plans for us. First and foremost, you sent your Son, the Lord Jesus, into this world because you so love this world that you wanted to save us, you wanted to free us, and you wanted to bring us into an eternal experience with you that is out of this world. Lord, we pray that as we consider your words together today that they might go not just into our ears but into our minds deeply. Stir our thinking today and into our hearts, Lord, that we might truly experience the joy and anticipation of the hope that you have placed before us. We ask you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, speaking of the body, it's pretty abundantly clear to me, that being healthy physically is a really big deal, a high priority in our world today. It's been reported that in 2020 alone, over $4 trillion was spent in the United States on health care. You know, it's expensive to take care of these bodies, and we've got marvelous doctors to do that, but $4 trillion was spent on that. And more than just being healthy matters, uh, looking young and healthy is also a pretty big deal to us around this globe. Last year, over $400 billion was spent on cosmetics and hair treatments and haircuts and salon visits and that sort of thing. So not only will the body be healthy, but will look healthy. And I suspect none of you have ever gone to a cosmetic counter or to your barber and said, please make me look older and less healthy. No, we want to be looking vibrant as much as we can to preserve youth, but the fact is we are all aging day by day. Nowadays, life extension is, is really in focus as new technologies and new medical procedures and technology there as well, allowing us to live longer lives. Many reaching the age of 90 and many more than ever before reaching past 100 years old. So how important is long life to us? It's a really big deal. A survey was done a few years back by the USA Today. They surveyed the wealthiest people in the United States, the wealthiest 1%, so about a million people who are beyond everybody else in terms of their resources. They asked them what they were willing to pay for various forms of happiness, from being president on one end to eternal life in heaven on the other end. Here's the results of that little survey. The bottom of that list, not surprisingly, was being president. Imagine that. They'd only spend 50 grand for that. 
great beauty was worth about $80,000. That's a pretty big deal too. The next three items jumped over 200000 Reunion with a lost love, eternal youth, and talent was all over $200,000. I suspect some of us would probably invest in those kind of things. True love and intelligence topped the $400,000 mark. But the highest by far in value, most expensive, was a place in heaven and eternal life, for which this rich group of people would spend up to $640,000. Wow, how much would you pay if you're given that choice? Well, the fact is, God's plan for us includes a new body and a life everlasting in heaven that is priceless. There's no amount we could possibly ever come up with to accomplish that and achieve that or to earn that. And yet God has made this a free gift to any and all who will ask. That offer is still being extended to this very moment. So we're going to consider two key Christian doctrines today. The fact that all of us in Christ will receive a new body. There will be a bodily resurrection for us. We don't think about this a lot. We think of we're going to heaven spiritually, but God has a plan for our bodies. And the scripture says a lot to us about that. And also we're going to explore what this life everlasting actually looks like through the lens of the biblical writers. Because it's not just eternal boredom. We see pictures and cartoons of angels or us sitting on clouds floating, plucking on harps. It looks, who wants that? Well, maybe some of you musicians, I'm sorry, some may be like plucking a musician, uh, musical instrument forever, but that doesn't sound too appealing. But the scriptures reveal to us there's tremendous plans God has that are interesting and exciting and engaging for us. As a pastor, I'm often asked a very simple question, well, what really happens when people die? What, what, what really happens? We hear all these different doctrines, and the great news is, if you're wondering the answer to that question, you're in good company. The first century church of Jesus at the town of Corinth and probably across the whole Roman Empire was asking that same question because this idea of a resurrection was new to them. And so the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, shares in great detail about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Listen to what he has to say about our new bodies. He says, but someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? Well, when you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you're planting. Then God gives it a new body that he wants it to have. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They're buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. We're going to skip down to this, verse 53. For our bi dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Wow, there's a whole lot of content in there for us to consider today. 
When you think of immortality, you think of great baseball players, the immortals, or great athletes, or great, great leaders. But friends, God has a plan that is going to include you and I receiving a body that will never die. Our old and dying bodies return to the dust. We know that. Beginning, God created us, formed us out of the dust of the earth, and we became a living being when he breathed an effect of life into us. And the bodies that we have in this world, they're a temporary arrangement. Some of you, if you could vote today on getting a new one today, would say, yes, I'll take it. We're replacing hips and, and knees and shoulders and all kinds of body parts and blood vessels to our hearts. In some cases, heart transplants or lung transplants, major things that we're doing. And modern medicine allows us to do that to preserve these bodies. But I'll tell you what, 63 years old right now, I'd take a new body. I'd take this one right now. The fact is, the bodies we have now are heading back to the dust. But our new bodies, listen carefully, will never die, not even get sick. And you'll not grow a second older. A perfect new body God will give you will be in an eternal state forever. No more aging. Our old bodies are buried in brokenness. Things break down as we get older. But our new bodies will be raised in glory. And the word there talks about beauty and radiance, like a radiant sunset, something to behold. You will be beautiful beyond description to God because you're his masterpiece. Our old bodies are buried in weakness. I find gravity being a force greater every day of my life as I get older. That, that 14 pounds of per square inch that's holding us down on the earth here seems like it's getting heavier. I don't know if that's your experience. But our new bodies are going to be raised, the scripture says, in strength, tremendous power, abilities, capacities, and new potential beyond anything we could ever have in this world. We will be superhuman in that way. We're buried as natural bodies, but we'll be raised as supernatural spiritual bodies, we said a moment ago. And when will all this happen? We're going to get into that in a minute. It's going to happen in a second. At the return of Jesus Christ, he'll blow the trumpet, will be blown in heaven, and there will be an instant transformation of those that had passed on beforehand will be raised up, and we who are living at that moment, which could be today, my friends, Jesus could be coming for us today, will be transformed in an instant, and our mortal bodies will be transformed into these immortal bodies and will be exactly like Jesus' resurrected body. We read the resurrection accounts in the New Testament, we see that Jesus was able to be visible and identifiable to his friends and his disciples. Though his appearance seemed different at times, he was identifiable. He talked with them. He actually ate with them. In fact, he cooked a meal for them. He liked grilled fish, and I actually like fish grilled. He asked four choices on fish. He was on the, on the beach as they were out fishing, and he grilled some fish for them over an open fire, the Scripture says. So there'll be many characteristics that are familiar to us. But I do believe Jesus was also able to apparently walk through walls and travel in different ways than we can make our way around in these bodies. There will be more like the angels who seem to be quicker getting around and moving around. That's what God has planned for us. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3, but we are citizens of heaven. There's so many people that want to get into this country and in the world because it's a great country, my friends. So many freedom, freedom so, many, so much affluence, so many things that people around the world desire. They want to be here. How much more? God has already made us now in Christ citizens of his world. 
citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. It's his home. And we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. It's not like Jesus had one form of resurrection and then the rest of us get something inferior to that. The scripture says he was the firstborn among many brethren. We get the exact same transforming power that Jesus was raised by. Jesus said it this way in John's Gospel, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So what is this life going to be like? Not just a new body, but some other characteristics I want to talk about here. There is no longer to be death. We've talked about that, but that means no longer losing loved ones. No longer having lifelong relationships where you've bonded with somebody, become intimate with them, and suddenly are torn out of your life. That will never happen again. There will be no fear of death. The number one fear in the entire world for all history of humanity is the fear of dying because of the unknown. It will be gone. No more fear of dying. There'll be no more medicine or doctors or hospitals, and I thank God for all the marvelous ways in which the medical community, healthcare community helps us all the time, but there'll be no need for it ever again, and no rehabs or nursing homes or senior living homes. There'll be no loss of strength or our eyesight or our hearing. There'll be no surgeries and no dental work. For those of you who like dental work, I know you're going to miss it. I have a marvelous dentist who's fantastic. She does great work. I really don't tremble too much when I go in there for work being done. But no more dental work, friends. No more arthritis that you feel every morning as you're trying to get going and doing things. No more heart disease. You're wondering, when's your ticker going to go? And no more cancer. Imagine that. No more of the cancer that's ravaged so many people in our world and continues to do so. There'll be no more funerals. No need for them. And friends, the scriptures reveal to us there will be no more marriage. Nor the marriage you have now or being given in marriage in heaven will be like the angels. So I like to put it this way, it'll be all better and no worse. You know, we say at the altar, for better, for worse. It'll be all better and no worse at that point. So when's this going to happen? I got a chart I prepared for this, a simple little chart. I hope we can put that up on the screen here. It simply says on the, the left-hand side, our present state, we're in a body and a soul here on this earth. When we die... Our bodies go to the grave, go into the ground, and then our spirits and our soul goes to heaven. We're conscious, aware, looking at God, but awaiting this resurrection. At the return of Christ, the resurrection of our bodies will occur, and then in our eternal state, we will have a body, soul, spirit in heaven forever. So those who've gone before us are awaiting that day just as we are to be fully redeemed in that way. What we'll experience in this everlasting life is truly out of this world. The scripture that's very often misquoted on this subject comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, human eye on this earth, nor ear heard on earth, nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And people stop there. Say, we we can't know about heaven. We can't really know. It's all, it's all a mystery. But then the next verse says, but God has revealed this to us through the Spirit. 
For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The New Testament writers of Paul and Peter and John in particular were inspired by the Holy Spirit to give this revelation to us. Heaven, though, will still, even though what we know in the Scriptures is significant, will continuously surprise us by how much more wonderful it is than we ever thought or imagined. And first and foremost, my friends, you're going to get to meet Jesus Christ face-to-face, one-on-one. Every one of us gets to appear before him. We have an appearance with the King of Kings to look into his eyes and allow him to look into yours, to feel his radiant love that you feel now and experience, but you'll see it in an experience in its fullest form. You'll get to hear his voice. Think about that. The voice of Jesus speaking to you. We hear him in our spirits now, but you're going to hear him face to face. You'll see God Almighty the Father on his radiant throne in heaven and hear his thunderous voice and see the beauty and wonder of who he is. You'll experience the most marvelous and, marvelous and wonderful worship of God we could ever imagine. It'll even be a little better than what we experience here at Christchurch. Every Sunday morning, a marvelous worship here. It'll be marvelous. And that'll be an ongoing worship service forever and ever. But it goes way beyond that, my friends. There's the centering on God, the worship of him, the experience with him, but there's going to be restoration and reconciliation of relationships. Because guess what? Some people that you can't get along with well in this world you don't like are also going to get into heaven because it's a grace deal. It's a grace deal. God's forgiveness and grace is offered to any who ask, and some of them we just could never figure it out with down here. Might be a former spouse, could be your parents, it could be a child that you no longer have relation, whatever it is, yet they're saved by the same grace of God. And you're going to see them in heaven and you're going to be restored and reconciled. Because you know why? They're going to be perfected and so are you. All the stuff that kept you from reconciling with them is going to be removed because not only will your body be new, you will be new He that began a good work in you, the scripture says, will bring it to completion and you'll be just like Jesus in character, in attitude, in your thoughts. And then there's going to be a huge reunion, the happiest celebration that could ever, ever be, the wedding supper of the Lamb, the scripture talks about. God is planning a party, not just for the ages, but for eternity. He's been planning for this before the foundation of the world and you have an invitation as an honored guest to be at table with him and everybody else who's loved him and been called by him. That's God's beginning point of us getting into heaven, a huge celebration, and there's much more that he has in plan. But friends, you, in your perfected state, personally, will be the person you've always wanted to be, deep down, and never could quite get there here. You've longed and dreamt to be different and see patterns and habits and attitudes change, but you've never been able to get them perfected, but you will be there. You will be a person. You can be who you are with no reason to hide it ever. You will be in the healthiest, humblest way possible. You will like and love everything about yourself and everybody else as well. You'll have new and fresh and engaging, meaningful relationships that'll be wonderful from the start and build from there and continue to build 
forever. God is a God of relationships. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. He gave us and called us the body of Christ to live together. Relationships will be the centerpiece of God's purposes going forward. You'll have perfect, blissful contentment, full acceptance of who you are by everyone. Think about that. Everyone will respect you. They'll trust you. They'll value you and esteem you highly. They'll appreciate you, care about you, and have tender affection for you. There'll be no more shame, no more feeling ashamed of who you are, no more guilt, no more bitter regrets, no self, low self-esteem, and no arrogant pride. All that's gone. Randy Alcorn captures it this way in his book, Heaven, which I encourage you to pick up a copy of if you've not read yet. He says this, one of the greatest things about heaven is that we'll no longer have to battle our desires. They will always be pure, attending to their proper objects. We'll enjoy food without gluttony and eating disorders. We'll express admiration and affection without lust or fornication or betrayal. Those simply won't exist. Friends, there'll be no more loneliness. Nobody just stuck alone someplace in a corner of heaven with nobody talking to them. No widow or widower who's just been separated from someone they've loved for the vast majority of their life just in terrible pain. You'll never have to say, I wish I hadn't said that because everything coming out of you will be coming out of a perfected heart. There'll be no more addictions. There'll be no harsh words, no abusive relationships because everybody in heaven has been perfected by Christ. There'll be no liars or cheaters, adulterers, or corruption in heaven. Look it up in Revelation 20. It repeats it again. Throughout the scriptures, those things are taught, but it's one more time. There'll be no more depression, none. No more despair, and no more anxiety. There will be nothing or no cause for worry. That alone sounds like heaven to so many of us. There'll be no bad days, none. Ever. No divorce, no broken relationships of any kind. The atmosphere in heaven will be God's Holy Spirit, will be breathing it in, the love and joy and peace of God Himself will be filling our lungs, figuratively speaking, and it'll saturate that experience. There'll be kindness and gentleness and patience and faithfulness, godliness and perfect self-control. Everybody will have perfect self-control. If there's highways in heaven, everyone will kind, be kind to let you in. They won't steal the parking place from you in the parking lot. They're going to have self-control and be considerate of you. The good times will never wane or end because there'll be no evil people there. And you will have a home designed by Jesus, the master architect of the whole universe, is preparing a place specifically for you. If you've never gotten your dream home here yet, always longed for it, never quite got there, you're going to have it. Jesus said in John chapter 14, if I go, meaning ahead of them to heaven, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then I'll come back and take you to be with me so you can be where I am in heaven. We're going to be just like Jesus, the scripture says, in 1 John chapter 3. You and I, think about this. Not being the king, not being a deity, but our character will be just like him John tells us, but we know that we will be like him when we get there, for we will see him 
as he really is. All who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. Bruce Milne, in The Message of Heaven and Hell, shares this beautiful quote, something better awaits and beckons us all. We shall be like the angels, he says, which means not neutered anemic spirits, but full, free, and liberated persons in whom all the possibilities of our God-given humanity will burst forth in undreamt of fulfillment. Friends, as we move to a close here today, we need to be really honest with ourselves that all of us have a limited time on earth in our current state. That's just a fact of life. Nobody debates that. We all get that, right? What the Scriptures are assuring for us and the Creed affirms is that in Christ, we, in Christ, are guaranteed to get the amazing gift of a new body, an indestructible body that will live forever and also affirm, along with the Creed, that we will be completely enjoying the quality and the experience of eternal life, not just the duration of it. And God is offering this not for $640,000. He's offering it free to anyone who will say yes to Jesus. We don't have to understand all the theology. If you're one who has not yet received this marvelous gift and said yes to Jesus, you don't need to know much of what I've said here today. That'll come to you. What you do need to know is that Jesus came to this earth for that express purpose so that you, every single one of us, could experience these things forever with him. So this is an offer that no one should ignore and no one should reject. But so many just don't take this seriously. They just say, we'll get to that spiritual stuff later when I get older. And then you get older and then you forget about getting think, thinking about spiritual things. Kenny Chesney once titled a song, Everyone Wants to Go to Heaven, but No One Wants to Go Now. You might remember that back in 2000. But this beautiful, amazing offer is being extended to you today, right now. If you've not opened your heart to Jesus, today would be the best possible day. Some years back, I read about a, just after an Easter service, a boy named Kevin and his grandpa were taking a ride to go get some breakfast. They climbed into the cab of the grandpa's pickup truck and on down the road they headed off. On the way, grandpa turned to little Kevin and said, which way's heaven? Kevin points up. Right, perfect. And which way is hell, the grandpa asked Kevin, and he points to the floorboards of the truck. Then in a softer voice, he says, Kevin, and where are you going? Kevin beamed with a big smile and said, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> if I were to ask you today, that same question, which way are you going? And if you aren't sure about that, today's a great day to gain that certainty. Jesus' offer of a new body and wonderful experience of life is extended at this moment, and it's the best possible day for you to say yes to Jesus. In a few moments, I'll lead us in a closing prayer to that effect. But I want to share one more story before we close. When our daughter Julie was growing up, she was a singer, dancer, and performer. And one night we attended a fundraiser for the Glen Ellen Children's Choir. Marvelous experience we had with them and put a few bucks into a raffle and, which had some great prizes and we wanted to get the kids in bed. So we, we went home before the drawing was held. 
Around 11 o'clock that night, our lights are all off, Carol's in bed, the kids are asleep, and I'm half asleep probably reading or watching something. And I hear rustling by the front door. I'm like, what's going on? Somebody trying to break into the front of our house. And then the doorbell rings at 11 o'clock at night. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, there's been an accident out in the street. Someone's coming for help. What's going on? Well, sure enough, our cross-the-street neighbor was also at that gathering. And she stayed long enough to find out who won the grand prize. And it was us. And so she was so excited to come tell us this amazing news that she woke up our whole household and just couldn't wait till the morning to tell us. I thought, she could have waited till tomorrow morning, but okay, it's great. And what that trip, what that was, was an all-expensive, expenses-paid trip to Disney World for four people. And it was a real one. It was everything was covered and a marvelous resort experience and all the, the passes for the parks. It was amazing. She couldn't wait to tell us. Friends, we've considered today a marvelous destination, haven't we? Called heaven. And how much more ought we to be excited to let our friends and our neighbors and people that don't know about this great opportunity that they've won the most amazing prize to the most amazing destination, not won it, they've been offered it for free. And we get the privilege of telling them. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the marvelous plan that you made for us. And Jesus, Jesus, thank you for being our marvelous Savior and coming here for us. And Lord, there may be some who are in the hearing of this very prayer that have wanted to but never yet said yes to you. Lord, we pray for those that in that place, Lord, that they'll know they don't need to know all the kinds of theology or don't even know much about, need to know much about the Bible. They simply need to know you. And you're knocking at the door of their heart right at this very moment. And you promised if anyone hears that knocking and they say yes and open the door, you'll come in and you'll change their lives forever. May it be so this day that there will be great rejoicing before the throne in heaven as more and more of your dearly loved children say yes to you. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're one of those who's responded here personally to that offer of Jesus, I encourage you to talk to one of us as pastors after service. Just share that joy with us. If you've done so online, I encourage you to click the button that's right there on your screen that says that you want to receive Jesus and someone will respond and follow up with you. I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we together recite and declare what we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.